I'll be talking to someone at work and they'll be like, oh, did you see that new Tom Cruise movie? And I'll be like, oh, you know, I just, it's really hard because it's Scientology. <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh yeah, I've heard that. I don't really know what that means. And then I'm like, sit down. I'm about to debrief you on everything Scientology. Yeah. Gosh. I, I think my mom watched all of the, the documentary too, but I don't, I never, Leah. Oh, the Remini. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a good portion of it before it, at some point just, you're like, oh, this is like, we've heard this story. I know it's like a different person that was abused, but I want to hear about the different ways you're, Mm. (laughs) I need more variety on the abuse here. We get it. They're bad. We know that we've established it. I don't need any more examples. They should just like serve some jail time. This may or may not be interesting, but I'm going to ask you anyway to say it on the record because I've forgotten to ask Bridget about looking at the uh, Northern Lights the other week. And oh, yeah, I fell asleep. Yeah. Or, well, okay. I mean, I went to bed and I set an alarm. And then the next morning, I was like, that's weird. I thought I could have sworn to God I set an alarm. And I was like, hey, Mike, did I? did I have an alarm go off kind of like at a weird time? And he was like, yeah, you just like went back to bed though. <laughs> cool. So I don't remember turning it off. I don't even, I can't tell you off the top of my head what time I set it for, but I guess I just decided that night they weren't worth it. Welcome to Sex with Ghosts. I'm Bridget here with my witch prophecy herbal remedies expert, Molly. Yeah, I always I did um I did purchase a herbal remedy dictionary once, but I never used it. <laughs> this is great. This episode will probably interest you. Speaking of re- herbal remedies, I did end up making the buttered l- rum. I meant to tell you that. Excellent. Yeah, I like that. And I was going to ask you. Good. Yeah. So if anyone is scared about butter rum, I'm here to tell you it's really good and worth it. But calorically, you could only really have one. Yeah. It's at first when Bridget sent me the recipe, it had an entire stick of butter. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? But then I read further in the recipe and I realized you're making a compound butter and you're only adding a couple of tablespoons to each drink, which is still a lot. But still not, a lot. Not a ton. But it's not a whole stick. So no. just, you know, pace yourself, especially if you have a heart condition. Back to today's topic. The herbal remedy person we're going to be talking about today is Mother Shipton. Have you heard of Mother Shipton? It sounds very familiar, but I don't know where I heard it. Well, she is probably England's most famous prophetess. Not that we need to gender that word, but... Did she write books or something? Not necessarily. She did make a lot of alleged predictions that came true. Okay. She also said to have a gift using traditional remedies. And people say she had powers. She's also known as the Nars 
Narsboro, Narsboro prophetess. I'm sorry, I'm probably really butchering that. I did not look up how to say that. So, but she allegedly during her time made her living telling the future and warning those who asked of what was to come. And a lot of what I we know about her is considered legend, and we really don't know how much is true. But there does seem to be evidence that over 500 years ago there was a woman called. Mistress Shipton, who lived in Narsboro, Nesboro, Nesboro, <laughs> and she lived until the age of 73. So, which back then was practically immortal. She's probably still alive today, honestly, if you lived to 73. She Why was not? just like, I got to disappear. People are going to start asking questions. So, she was born Ursula Santil. In 1488. Good Lord. This would have been during the reign of Henry VII, which we did a whole series on Henry VIII. So this would be She wasn't related to any of the royal happenings. You mean like by proximity or by uh, bloodline? No, uh, because I do recall when we did do the, the Henry stuff that there were some prophetesses involved now we're just using that word apparently (laughs) in the royal stories and yeah so she definitely i was trying to remember that and i thought about going back through notes and i was like i don't have time for that i wasn't sure yeah i wasn't sure if that was where we might remember her name from or not but she might have came up uh, because i I was thinking about it i was like a lot of that stuff wasn't even the main like like we were focusing on like how yes he had an astrologer and fortune tellers, yeah. even though he was like super religious. Right, right. And little is known about her parents, but the legend goes that she was born during a violent thunderstorm in a cave on the banks of the River Nid in Nursboro. Her mother, Agatha, was supposedly just 15 years old. Yeah. And no, she would never reveal who the father was. So already people are like, Clearly, she was conceived by the work of the devil. Ah, yes, that's how that that's the right conclusion to come to in that situation. All single moms seem a little sus. Think about it. My mom was a single mom. And so, you know, naturally, her mom was accused of being a witch, too. And Agatha tried to raise Ursula in this cave on her own for two years. Oh, my Uh, Because he had no support of family or friends. And then the abbot of Beverly took pity on them. And so that would have been like a nunnery, basically. Okay, sure. And they sent Ursula to grow up with a local family. And Agatha, she went to the nunnery. And she died some years later, but she never saw her daughter again. No, that is unfortunate. Yeah. So Ursula grew up around... Nursboro. She was known for being a strange child and being really haggard looking. <laughs> Even as a child, they say her nose was large and crooked. Her back was bent. Her legs were twisted. Uh, I saw things from like she had googly eyes to like she had a hunchback. So there you have another comparison of like, oh, this is witchy, <laughs> which is crazy because you think like like maybe a witch in her true form is haggard looking, but I would think a, a witch when talking to like civilians would be in her best interest to do. Oh, what is that trick? Starts with like an M where you make yourself 
Glamour. Glamour. Yeah, glamour. Yeah. I don't know why I said M, but maybe because it's, uh, glamour has an M in it. But that's good that you got that. I, I knew what you're talking about. You picked it up. Being hideous, she was taunted a lot, allegedly, by the local people. Because they're terrible. They're terrible. And I, I just think it's kind of like really goofy, like picture adults, like making fun of an ugly child. People were not empathy. Yeah, people lacking. don't really realize that like empathy kind of, it's like something that's grown more. Yes recently it has it absolutely has like when people are like oh the good old days it's like people no. used to just like murder yeah people. they were just mean stop saying the fucking good old days uh she heard names like the devil's bastard yeah people were and bad. the devil's daughter and Hagface. <sighs> but there there's really great stories about her as a child just like being a maniac uh, like one where she was a toddler and she was found cackling in her foster mother's kitchen alone with pots and pans. There was another story about an incident that included a time a parish meeting had disrupted when she played tricks on the local men who had been mocking her through the window. The talk of strange and unexplained phenomenon occurring in retaliation for ridiculing her was quickly interpreted as a sign of those wishing to demonize her that if you dared to make fun of Ursula, you can expect something terrible to happen to you. I almost wonder if that's like more of a people realizing that they shouldn't be mean, bitchy, terrible people and then bringing it upon themselves because they realize, oh, and instead of like making the connection, oh, I'm punishing myself because I realize I'm being a bad person. They're instead like, wait, oh, she cast a spell on me. So that's why bad things are happening. Yeah. Like they're creating a pattern. Yes. Recognition in their brain that doesn't necessarily work. It's like biased. I need to justify why I've been making fun yeah. of a child. Yeah. So being made fun of a lot and people call her hag face all the time. She spent most of her days around the cave from which she was born. And supposedly, while she had this time out in the woods, she was studying the forest, the flowers, herbs, and she started to make remedies and potions with them, which I think is a little strange, like a child making an effective potion. But I guess also child brains were way different in terms of like maturity than our child brains now. Like possibly, yeah. Now it's like your brain probably isn't forming till you're 27. And oh yeah. Our society yeah. has infantilized people until that age. Sure. Whereas like back then you like turned six and they're like, so are you gonna you get gotta a job? get to yeah, gotta get out, do the same. Yeah. So she's like, I'm gonna make things crush flowers and let people snort them. <laughs> so people started to notice her abilities and her knowledge as herbalist. And soon enough, people would actually call upon her to, to have her help them cure their ailments. I mean, I'm sure that, yeah, like you'd have to think that at some point, I don't know, she probably does have some sort of knowledge. I was going to say, like, here's the alternatives, right? It's like, you can call on this six-year-old yeah. to crush some flowers for you to snort. Or you call the leeching guy. Yeah, yeah. Or you call the guy who's going to, like, do the lobotomy to get the demons yeah. out of your head. Yeah, that's true. It's like, I'll take the six-year-old, Alec, for 900. <laughs> so uh, Ursula's talents help to kind of 
make her more welcomed into the community. And around the time she's kind of like established herself as an herbalist, she's around the age of 24. And she meets a man who's a carpenter from York called Tobias Shipton. And they fall in love and they get married. And she takes on the name Mrs. Shipton. Wow. And so people then, of course, start to like suspect that like, oh, she obviously she's so ugly. She had to do. God damn it. A love spell, which I also kind of forget that I think we talked about this during the Henry VIII series that women were just like, if you were not in like favor of society. Yeah. yeah. They would just be like, you're fucking ugly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, was she really ugly or like... (sighs) People just really hated her for being the devil's child. Mm. And she was still known for like being up to her shenanigans in terms of like, you know, if people fucked with her, she would fuck them up. So like, yeah, yeah. One example is like a month after her marriage, she helped out a neighbor who had some items of clothing stolen from her home. And then the following day, when walking through town singing, uh, I stole my neighbor's smock and coat. I am a thief before handing it over to Shipton and leaving with a curtsy. Wow. So like, I guess somehow she enchanted the person to the thief. Yeah. Or did she go over there and say, if you don't do this, I'm going to murder you. And the person was so scared that they did it. She's like, I'm going to call upon my satanic father. I will summon the devil to haunt you for the rest of your days. (laughs) He's going to skull fuck you. So, I mean, things like this, you know, just created more mystery and intrigue around Ursula. However, this place, the sort of like comfort zone wouldn't last long because only two years after marrying Tobias, he passes away. No! Which this, of course, makes her... A social outcast again and people, you know, creating rumors that perhaps she's somehow involved in <sighs> his death. Ugh. Even though like every single, like the lifespan of a young male is probably extremely low. Yeah, like he probably just like ate too much mercury. Ugh. And unfortunately, or I guess fortunately, depending on how you look at it, they did not have any children. But she kept his last name. Mm. So because she was outcasted again, she just like fled back to the woods. Mm -hmm. And it was there that she would continue practicing her herbal remedies. And she started to kind of get into, I guess, um, practicing or developing her premonition for things. And it's while she's living out in the woods by herself, she's takes on this name as Mother Shipton. And people would start to seek her out, uh, not only to say, hey, can you help me cure my gout? But they would start asking her questions. So she would begin these predictions sort of in small ways, basically noting minor occurrences that would happen locally before moving on to larger predictions that have bigger ramifications. So... She, these, some of these bigger ones include the fates of several rulers within her lifetime and just after, as well as the invention of iron ships, the Great Fire of London in 1666, and the defeat of the Spanish Armada. One local prediction to, did not seem obvious because 
a lot of her prophecies were a little bit cryptic. So one of them was about the Ouse Bridge and basically that water would come over the Ouse Bridge and reach a windmill that would be set on a tower. So this didn't make any sense because at first. But then when the water system was introduced, bringing water across the house bridge in pipes that reached a windmill, all of a sudden it was like, oh, uh, that's what she was talking about. She's talking about water system. Another one of her local prophecies was about the destruction of the Trinity Church. And I guess what she had written was fall in the night till the highest stone in the church be the lowest stone of the bridge. And not long after this statement, a terrible storm fell upon Yorkshire, destroying the steeple of the church and causing it to land upon the bridge. Ah, I mean, I, I feel like I could have guessed that one, maybe. Oh, like if you were there at the time. Well, I mean, no, like, clearly. I don't know. But I mean, the 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 water system was a little more like, wow, this is kind of weird. But like the stone well, water like, system feels like like you were you went to a local bar. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, the city planner is just <laughs> like drunk right <laughs> his mouth. Telling you yeah, it's possible, but but the church falling over, that's a little because that. I mean, don't seems... don't don't buildings fall over though? Like, isn't that just a thing? Yeah, but this was caused by a storm. Yeah, eh, maybe. But like I said, so she does have this Henry Eighth connection. These sort of prophecies and a local nature kind of developed her uh, public profile. And it part of the legend is that it would extend so far and wide that even King Henry the Eighth was referencing Mother Shipton in a letter around 1537 to the Duke of Norfolk, in which he mentions a witch of York. Oh, okay. In addition, there's a famous diarist. Did I say that? A diary guy? Yeah, I think so. Samuel Pepys, account of the Great Fire of London. He includes details of hearing the royal family discuss Mother Shipton's predictions of such an event. As her reputation grew, so did belief in her abilities, of course, enabling her to live out or to make a living out of her prophecies. So I mean, that's good. She's she's a player now. Uh, for whatever reason, I think it's probably just because of the mother part of it, but it does feel like she could have like published series of books or like like kind of like the mother shipton's almanac or something like that you know what i mean like very, mother hubbard's yeah yeah fairy tales or nursery rhymes it's just a it's a good name it's a good name it's good branding mm, yes and there's a lot of orphans at the time they're all looking for mothers yep um another prediction she had had to do with tom wolseley do you remember this guy yes i do for those who don't, he was the right-hand man of King Henry VIII. And in one of her prophecies, she refers to Wolseley as Mittered Peacock's lofty cry, shout to his master be a guide. This description alludes to Wolseley's lower-class background as the son of a butcher before he rose to become the chief, chief advisor to King Henry and his guide in his policy making. My only question when that comes up is like, how do people anywhere outside of like court know these stories? Like, oh, we'll get to it. Oh, that's nice. But what I think is goofy is like the the Barnum effect or like the vagueness of like how some of the stuff oh, was yeah, written. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. You're like, clearly this is what she was talking about. Yeah, it's like, yeah. 
It could be a lot of things. It's like uh, QAnon. She is like the original QAnon. Mm. Actually, she is the original QAnon. Oh, no. Oh, no. my God. I just made this connection. Don't say that. <laughs> well, we'll get to why here very okay. quickly. But wow. I, I just broke my own brain. I can't ah. believe I didn't come up with that sooner. So there's a pamphlet dated around 1641, which is one of the earliest surviving records of Mother Shipton's predictions, which I have more information about in a bit, but... In this pamphlet, though, she foresees Thomas Woolsey's fate at the time of his demise after he had fallen out of favor from failing to secure the annulment of Henry VIII's marriage to Catherine of Aragon. So on a journey between London and York, you might kind of remember this, he died of natural causes. A point which Mother Shipton had made when she claimed Woolsey would never reach his destination. It's said that she had visions of Henry VIII's marriage to Anne Boleyn, the break with the Catholic Church, the dissolution of the monasteries, all of which she described in allegorical terms using the king and Anne's family heraldry when the cow, which would be Henry, doth ride the bull, which would be Anne, which again, it's like, that's gender, that's yeah, some gender bending. yeah. Then the priest beware the skull. She's said to have predicted the rise of Elizabeth I. A maiden queen shall reign anon. And the destruction, as I said before, of the Spanish Armada, even going as far to name check Sir Francis Drake. So the line of that would be the Western monarch's wooden horses shall be destroyed by Drake's forces. This is interesting. How... Is it possible to just put words together, bring oh, enough yeah. words together, and you'll hit on something? Exactly. It's a, it's a bit of the Barnum effect. Yeah, yeah. She's also allegedly to have foreseen the execution of Mary, the Queen of Scots. She says, a widowed queen in England shall be headless seen and warned of a great calamity that comes against London. And this was later to be interpreted as a great fire of London, despite all of this popularity, Mother Shipton still remained an elusive figure that continued to mystify and intrigue those who came in contact with her. Like I said, at the age of 73, she had died, but people today still talk about her unusual life and her powers. And we'll get into her legacy in a little bit here. But first... So that pamphlet I was talking about, this was published, like I said, the old, oldest copy that we have or record that we have of her published predictions was in 1641, which is 80 years after her death. Oh, wow. Which is kind of sus, right? Yeah. So it's always been kind of an open question. What were these really predictions made by her? Uh -huh. Are these legit? There's a lot of biases, even by biographers and people who are really into myths. So yeah. it's hard yeah. to like nail down what's true and what's not true. And according to a noted academic, Dr. Ed Simon, this is where it gets a little QAnon-y. He's quoted as saying, pamphleteers during the years of the English Civil War took ample opportunity to enlist Mother Shipton as a convenient authority in propagandistic Causes, oh no! Oh both no! Parliamentary and and royalist. Of course they did. Of course they did. Yeah. So there's not. So there's like a lot of uh, fucked up upness about this. Mm. And like one of those prophecies, like one of the most famous prophecy that she had, that like definitely 
came out as fake and you'll see why, uh, was busted. So she, it came out that she had this prophecy that it was a vision of the apocalypse and the lyric or the whatever, the line that she allegedly wrote was the world to an end shall come in 1881. And they have since, I mean, probably not long <laughs> since, but they, somebody traced this back to being fabricated by a Victorian writer. But this line really like caused people to panic at the time. Sure. It's like 2012. Exactly. Exactly. So in 1684, she had a air quotes biographer that wrote her life story, which clearly had like all these like crazy details about her birth and her existence, which is already pretty wild. And then it, the Victorian era guy, Charles Hinley, he edited, I guess, some version of this biography and got caught when it was debunked that it was him. And he publicly confessed to concocting the verses himself. Oh, gosh. Okay. So but before he got caught in the spring of 1881, families across England like left their homes and like, oh, no, they were too afraid to like sleep in their beds. And they, you know, would sleep in fields and pray in churches and basically just like asking for the apocalypse not to happen. No, but like they think a lot of these for forgeries and like lies were really to just help sell these chapbooks and almanacs. Oh, it's a bummer. That's a bummer. It's a bummer. But it also makes sense because like that's, I mean, I think that's probably why we know her name nowadays without. Oh, yeah. All that. Like, I'm sure there's like, I'm sure there's an almanac called like Mother Shipton's Almanac. So she has a little bit of a legacy. There's loads of pubs named after her. Oh, sure. Yeah. But there's also a moth named after her. Okay. Okay. And the most famous part of her legacy, I suppose, would be Mother Shipton's cave. So I mentioned this cave a lot in her early life, right? It's a place she hung out with a lot, escaping people. But the claim to fame of this cave, aside from being like the coolest place to hang out with when you're socially outcasted multiple times in your life, is that this cave has a special ability to petrify things so for a long time because people are stupid they thought it was because of witchcraft oh okay i get it yeah sure that makes sense if you don't understand what's going on you'll be like oh this was witchcraft right, that's, that's yeah. the work of the devil this is the devil semen <laughs> uh from whence the witch was born uh but so actually though the water can turn things like hats and other random items into stone Within three to five months is due to the natural process of evaporation and unusually high mineral content. Yes. So uh, not only did people think like this is the work of witchcraft, but they also thought the water had miraculous healing powers, which I think is pretty interesting and wild because I feel like that just like that's like how people had like such a mineral deficit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that feels very similar to Lord Lady Lords Lordis the oh, French the, yeah. the French saint. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you've you just found a lot of you water with found, minerals. Yeah, you found some minerals. <laughs> you found good mineral water. I think if this petrifies in like three to five months, you may be getting gallstones. Yeah, that's that's probably a little too much. 
Yeah, maybe you it's know? like topical. You don't need to drink it. Um, in the early 1600s, samples of the water were examined by a medical physician. His report. This is also probably why people thought it was a cure-all because his report concluded that the waters from the wall were a miracle cure for <laughs> any flex of the body. Oh, dear. The other strange thing about this cave is that the side of the well looked like a giant, looked like a giant skull. Oh, well, yeah, that would also be very spooky. Which, I mean, that's a whole episode, too. Oh, I've seen some scary t- TikToks about, like, evidence of giants. To the point where I'm like, maybe giants did exist. Wait, what? Wait, why? Well, I'm, giants uh, and dragons. Why oh not? My God. Why I not? I don't. I think we would. We we have we have dinosaur bones. This is so funny. You're like, what the fuck? It, yeah. So this petrifying well is considered England's oldest visitor attraction. It is. It was first recorded. In 1538 by the King's Antiquary and has been visited by millions of people since 1630. Um, You could go there now and see everyday objects turned to stone. You can actually buy a teddy bear from the gift shop. (laughs) Oh, no. That has been petrified. Oh, no. (laughs) And it's, it's pretty, like, compared to, like, a staglitite or a staglomite. These items are petrifying very quickly. So it's a very unique place on sure. planet Earth. Yeah, it makes sense. But that's my, that's all the information I have on Mother Shipton. That was good. That was a good story. Uh, very interesting. And I feel like our English listeners definitely might have heard of this more so than our American listeners. So, And I apologize good. for probably mispronouncing a lot. I did look it up and it did look like it was Nairsboro, but Nairsboro. Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't really tell. So that actually makes more sense than Narsboro. I think in my head I was like like thinking about the accent while I was saying it. <laughs> that really jumbles up my mouth pretty easily. I'm an easily affected person. Well, thank you for going down this journey. Yeah. Uh thank thank you for doing all the research. The one of the original QAnons here. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And it definitely makes sense that because the story was so prevalent for so long that people just then used that knowledge to perpetuate their own. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that the QAnon stuff really like went off the rails. Like it was at its height very much off the rails. But I think because predictions stopped having like any sort of real fruition and the left pretty much like, I don't want to say regain control because they suck at their jobs, but clearly Trump is not doing any of the things that QAnon said he was doing or going to do. So I think that's, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking too soon and this political cycle is going to like open a lot of doors. I feel like it's mellowed out. I don't, I, I would not urge everyone not to. I mean, don't rest, don't rest on your laurels here. Don't feel like I don't think we're out of the clear. No, I don't. I, I, I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen. I think but I don't be. think like 500 years from now, people are going to be like, oh, remember QAnon? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't think so. Unless they're as far as this kind of thing is concerned, like someone else later on could be like, oh, now I'm going to take that and be like, no, it actually means this. And like no, I work with kids 
And I mean, they're not kids, they're adults. But like, I work with people who like don't know what 9 11 is. Or yeah. like, yeah. they know of it, but they really don't like, they don't know about like the fake nuclear weapons <laughs> or, um, what's it? Or like, what was, there was something else. Oh, Y2K. Oh, yeah. Like, I know a lot of kids, not kids or adults who are like, like, they'll say, like, Y2K. And it's like, you don't remember the bunkers? Mm. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're scaring me. And I was like, we were all scared. Well, I mean, that's, it's probably better than not. Well, I don't, I don't think anyone needs to be. But that's crazy too. Cause in a lot of, a lot of the crazy stuff that happened like in the 60s and 70s, like, yeah, we, we brushed over like, you know, yes. 1969 is known as like the summer of love. But then you look up what was going on, like world history wise. And you were like, what the? We were like murdering. We're just like yeah. mass murdering constantly. Yeah. I mean, it is good to know your history, but. You know your history because it it's always sucked. I like how we did a whole episode Sorry, on like yes. witchcraft. No, it's fun. <laughs> I mean, please, whoever's editing this, please keep. Keep whatever is makes yeah, sense. Interesting. No, but, but I mean, that sound really weird and depressing. Yeah. Cut it out. Well, it all. I think it all makes sense because, like, we, yeah, we're talking about the ways that information and things can be manipulated, and that's that's a pretty important subject matter. Yeah, I mean, it's a conversation that's. I think it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. Gosh, because I feel like, and now we're kind of back to this like art our typical sex with ghost conversation where it's like clearly nowadays they've whitewashed this whole mother Shipton thing just to sell product in a capitalist way. So they've already gone through, like, I think we're past any sort of danger. Like there was a period of time where obviously this woman's name was being used to propagandize, but now yeah. we're, we're, oh, we're past that point. And now we're just at the point where she's just being she's used cute. to sell shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was fun, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? That was fun. Let's Ugh. go petrify some teddy bears. Yes. Yes. Like, I would go. I would go check yeah, out the cave. No, it sounds very well. And also, I was, I don't know, some random Instagram thing was like, we've spent five years looking at Scotland and here's all the places you should go. And I was like, yeah, I would do it. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And I mean, I probably sound like a dork, but I think one thing I've been good about my adult life is like exploring. And I'm not saying like, yeah, I've gone on some big trips, but for the most part, like I've been to things in my communities I've lived in that locals and people who've lived there their whole life, they're like, how do you know about this place? And I'm like, I, I like, explore man i go yeah. on and read things and i yeah. want to know what where i'm at what my environment is and i think people need to be less afraid of that or like think it's just going to be boring because our world is way more connected mm -hmm. I, yeah i hadn't i felt like that was like here's my <laughs> little monologue of wrapping things up well yes so thank you uh bridget again for doing the research and bringing this interesting topic to us well thank you for going along with it I mean, no one, I don't think anyone really got murdered. So yeah, I, I love one that. Yeah, that was an easier one for me, though. I do. <laughs> it does hurt my heart that people would have used this lovely woman's words in yeah. negative ways. Especially because, I mean, it sounds like she was helping people out. Dude. Yeah, she was just trying to, she was just living her life, trying to do her best. Yeah, like she could have, she could have actually murdered someone. And it appears though. She didn't. She didn't. 
Exactly. Uh, well, thank you for going down this road with me. Where can people find you? You you can find me on Blue Sky at Molly M or Instagram at Molly M 9 How about you? You can find me on Blue Sky at Bridget F. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bridget underscore suck it. You can find this podcast on Instagram and Twitter at sex with ghosts underscore. And you can show support by giving us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts. And you can show further support by going to patreon.com slash sex with ghosts. I think Molly and I will be starting another bonus series here soon. Yeah, I'm hoping it might be interesting. So keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Okay, until next week. Bye. Ta-ta. Bye.